So this uh, summer, instead of doing a summer series, well, we, we're not having our, our traditional summer series, but we're doing uh, something like a summer series uh, over the next several weeks. Uh, we'll be focusing on passages from the book of Proverbs, and we'll have different men uh, each week uh, sharing some thoughts using a, a passage from Proverbs as kind of a jumping off point. Uh, so instead of going through the entire book of Proverbs, we're just kind of taking uh, brief snapshots. And so over the next several weeks, uh, we'll be looking uh, at that. Of course, this quarter, um, you know, we, have, uh, we actually have two singing Wednesdays this quarter. Last quarter, we didn't have any. So there were 12 weeks in the last quarter. There are uh, 14 in this quarter, and it just works out where we're going to end up having two uh, months where we have a fifth Wednesday singing. And, of course, we're going to have VBS in June, uh, so we're going to be interrupted uh, every so often. And I'm sure a lot of people are going to be in and out with travels and vacations. And so uh, I I think that going this route uh, is is good because you're not going to have to know what happened the previous week in order to be caught up with what we're looking at um, that particular week. So tonight what I want us to do is not so much look at a passage from Proverbs, but to think about some of the things we find in Proverbs. Now, if you had to classify the book of Proverbs as a type of literature, how would you classify it? What kind of genre or type of literature would Proverbs be? Wisdom is how we usually classify it, right? This is a book of wisdom. So, I guess the first question is, what is wisdom? How would you define wisdom? Skills. Specific specific books. uh, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Experience. Knowing how to use your knowledge. Obedience to God. Accumulation of knowledge. The longer we go, the more diverse the answers get, don't they? General truths. Common sense, which isn't that common. Prudence. Anybody feel comfortable that we've identified it yet? A woman. woman, Right? Yeah, I mean, in chapter 9, wisdom is presented as a woman who has kind of prepared her house, prepared a feast, sends out invitations to those that are passing by to come and learn. Although, folly is also presented as a woman, too, in that very chapter. Her name is Wisdom. Wisdom. (laughs) So we have suggestions, first skills, and then knowledge. Are, Are those the same thing, or are they different things? Can you have knowledge 
and skills without wisdom. So knowledge and, and wisdom, knowledge and skills aren't by themselves wisdom. Uh, somebody that is wise is going to have knowledge, is going to have a certain set of skills. I've heard it, I've heard it described this way, and I think this is a good definition, and, and it's been touched on by, by several of what we've been looking at, that wisdom is the ability to make godly choices. That in a sense, having knowledge and skills are useful, but they're not totally useful unless you apply them. And particularly as we think about Proverbs, we're thinking about how we make particularly godly choices in our lives. So, why would, well, so wisdom being the the understanding of, of, you know, the, the ability to make godly choices. What is a proverb? Okay, so Janice says it's not a written in stone, guaranteed truth. Sort of a general truth cleverly presented. A general truth cleverly presented. I'm told that among many of the Proverbs in the book of Proverbs uh, have a word play or something in there that you can't get in English. Yeah, there's, there's, there's some things in Proverbs that are based off of the Hebrew and a play on the Hebrew that doesn't always come over into the English as well. How else would you describe a proverb? A wise saying. Usually a witty saying. When does something move from being just a saying to it being a proverb. When it's inspired. Yeah, there are a lot of cultures that have what we would call proverbs, not in the sense of inspired proverbs here, but uh, these witty types of sayings that express some sort of general truth. All right, so the idea of standing the test of time. I would say you know, that, that they're directly meant to provide wisdom or help you make those godly choices, right? You can have a good saying, uh, and it may or may not be something that is meant to produce wisdom. So wisdom is the ability to make godly choices. Proverbs are these often short, pithy sayings that express some sort of wisdom, or encourage a person to wisdom. And particularly, we're thinking here, of course, about the ability, often the ability, to choose between good and evil. Think, for example, of Genesis chapter 3. 
Genesis chapter 3, the serpent, of course, tempts Eve by suggesting that by eating of the, tree of, uh, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that she would become like God. And, of course, she looks at the tree and sees that it is good for food and that it also what? Or could do what? Make one wise. Right? So the temptation there is right, the, the, this wisdom that particularly God has. Right? Does God ever make a wrong choice? Certainly God never makes a wrong choice. Um, but there is, but that within that temptation, the idea of the tree could make one wise. It's also about knowing what course to take, right? So wisdom is about choosing between good and evil. Wisdom is also about choosing what course to take. For example, Proverbs 21.20. This, is, uh, this one particularly from the uh, NIV. In the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil, but a foolish man devours all he has. What kind of course do you want to take financially? Well, Proverbs says, In the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil, but a foolish man devours all he has. What's the point of Proverbs 21.20? What's the message there? Alright, use it. What? Okay, you need to save some. You shouldn't spend it all. Right. The foolish man devours all he has while the wise man stores it up. Right? You know that idea of you keep some back for a rainy day. Right? So that idea, you know, I mean, there are other ways, we, other proverbs we have that, that express that idea. But the wise person's going to know what course to take. The wise person doesn't just think of the here and now. The wise person looks down the road and thinks about the decisions that are going to be made. Right? The foolish and wise virgins. David brings up the parable of the foolish and wise virgin. What did the wise virgins do? Right? They had brought along extra oil. They, they conserved it as they were waiting for the bridegroom. But the foolish didn't bring along that extra and used all theirs up by the time the bridegroom was coming. We all want to make the right decisions, don't we? We don't want to make decisions that are going to um, get us in trouble, end up with us being hurt, end up with us being embarrassed. We, we want to do things that are going to be advantageous for us. Well, that's, part of that is wisdom. And finding wisdom is an important uh, part of that. So, in thinking about Proverbs and wisdom, why not, why not, or why, why put them in the way that they are? For example, why not just say, prior to committing yourself to a course of action, Make sure to consider all the options and which ones could end in problems. 
Why, say, why not say that instead of something like, look before you leap? Look before you leap is more memorable. Why do we say, why do we have these little pithy sayings? Right? Well, because they're more memorable. Right? Which is easier to have this big long discourse about the importance of interest and frugality and, uh, and saving what one earns when you can say, a penny saved is a penny earned. So Proverbs serve to help us remember them in addition to communicating certain types of knowledge. Now, as we mentioned already, right, often a lot of those things that are memorable, we've somewhat lost in the English because they were set up in the Hebrew. And so any sort of puns or alliteration, right, look before you leap has that alliteration, right, the, the, the sounding of the look and the leap. Right? And so it's partly memorable because it's short, but it's also partly memorable because you have the same kind of sounds. Right? That L sound. Well, of course, for any of the Proverbs that we have that were originally Hebrew, we've, we might have lost some of those things. Another example. <clears throat> I've heard that a lot of women have been... ashamed, or disappointed, or feel like a failure when they compare themselves to the Proverbs 31 woman, right? the woman of uh, Proverbs 31, chapter 10 through 31. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. But if you knew that that was an acrostic would that maybe change your mind? You say, well, it might help if I knew what an acrostic was. What's an acrostic? Okay, so, you know, one way an acrostic works is by, you probably remember this from, from uh, grade school, I don't know if they still do it anymore, but you take a word and you write it vertically, and then for each letter, you write something out to the side, right? So uh, if you took the word um, vacation, right? And the first, uh, you know, V, very fun. A, away. C, something else, right? So that's one type of an acrostic. But there's another type of acrostic. One that's kind of represented by Psalm 119. Anybody know how Psalm 119 operates? Yeah, so you know, if you look at it, Psalm 119 uh, is 22 sections of eight verses each. And each of those sections starts with a subsequent letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So for example, if we were doing it in English, right, the first section would start with A, the second section with B, C, D, E. Right? So an acrostic can also be a type of poetry where each successive line starts with right, a letter of the alphabet. So when we look at something like Psalm, uh, Proverbs 31, right, it's poetic. 
It's meant to be kind of an ideal picture. So it, it's not necessarily something that should make you feel bad, but it is to recognize some certain poetic types of things and, and encourage certain types of wisdom, not to necessarily present us an unattainable standard, but to present us with, right, here is this woman who thinks about right, the running of her household, thinks about the relationship with her spouse, thinks about the relationship with her children, right, is, is industrious, right, considers the road ahead. And so Proverbs, as, as Janice pointed out, they're not hard and fast guarantees. Perfect example of that is Proverbs 22.6. Proverbs 22.6 is another one of those Proverbs that has caused a lot of people uh, a lot of hardship over the years because either they or someone else has put on that proverb something it was not supposed to say. So Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And a lot of parents whose children have left the faith later in life, for whatever reason, have beat themselves up, assuming that it was necessarily something that they've done. Now, certainly, this is not, I mean, maybe the parent who, you know, did not train up their child, yes, maybe that parent needs to take stock and say, you know, yeah, I did, didn't provide that example. But Proverbs are generalizations. Even inspired proverbs are generalizations. They are not hard and fast guarantees. A penny saved is not always a penny earned. Right? We've gone through enough you know, recessions and uh, crashes and downturns to know. Right? Think about all the people, maybe even some of us here tonight, whose entire retirement savings was gone with the, the great collapse in 2008. Right? They'd been saving up that money. What about a penny saved, a penny earned? It's not always that way, but in general, it works that way. In general, if you set your children on the right way, they're not going to deviate from that when they get older. But it is not a hard and fast guarantee. Additionally, something else that sometimes people have done have been to claim that a perfect contradiction can be found in the book of Proverbs. Look, the Bible gives us contradictory information. And the example of this would be Proverbs chapter 26. Proverbs chapter 26, particularly verses 4 and 5. Verse 4 says, Do not answer fools according to their folly, or you will be a fool yourself. Verse 5, Answer fools according to their folly, or they will be wise in their own eyes. Now, which is it? Should I answer fools according to their folly, or should I not answer fools according to their folly? How can we have these two passages of Scripture 
which you think that if this was a human document and these were contradictions that maybe whoever was writing it might have noticed, wait a second, I just said not to do this. How can we have these two passages back to back and yet still think the Bible doesn't contradict itself? Depends on the circumstances. Sometimes it's appropriate to answer fools according to their folly. And sometimes it's not appropriate to answer fools according to their folly. Wisdom comes when you can tell the difference. Patrick. Yeah, and so that you know, that's a good example of, of wisdom in right, you're trying to share the gospel with somebody, knowing the difference of if I go a little bit longer, maybe I'll make a connection versus man, no matter how much I tell this person, they're not going to change. Let me wipe the dust off my feet and go to somebody who is going to be receptive. And so that's kind of a, a similar type of thing, is is the wisdom to know. And so to have these two verses back-to-back isn't contradictory because sometimes you need to do one thing and sometimes you need to do the other. good example of answering the fool according to his folly, J.J. Altimer said, there is, I said, God is dead. Billy Graham said, my God's not dead. I talked to him this morning. <laughs> yeah, so uh, if, if you didn't hear Cecil, he used the example of the, the death of God movement back in the... 60s, uh, someone saying uh, God is dead, and Billy Graham saying, my God's not dead, I talked to him this morning. And so that's kind of answering a fool according to their folly. And so when we think about Proverbs, we need to understand they're not legal guarantees. They're not meant to be, you know, this, this, this notion of how we think of, let's say, law or uh, other types of things. They can be, in a sense, contradictory. Here are a couple other ideas um, that we should keep in mind. Here's some uh, guidelines that uh, come from uh, Gordon Fee and Douglas Stewart's How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth. Um, they make some suggestions about how to approach parables, or, or proverbs, I should say. Proverbs are often very parabolic. They are like parables. How are they like parables? Well, they're, they're like parables, and you've you got to get the, the, the full sense of something, right? and not just you know, a little part. Let me give me an example. So, if you looked at the parable of the Good Samaritan, what would you say the meaning of the parable of the Good Samaritan is? What's the meaning of the parable of the Good Samaritan? Anybody who needs helps my neighbor. Anybody who needs helps my neighbor. I mean, there are other ways we could say it, but that's the general idea, right? Anybody is my neighbor, particularly someone that needs help. The point of the parable of the Good Samaritan isn't to try and figure out what the Good Samaritan's donkey represents. Why? Because it's a parable. You've got to take it in the context of the whole, not just one little part. So, for example, 
Let's go to Proverbs 26, 6. It's like cutting off one's foot and drinking down violence to send a message by a fool. It's like cutting off one's foot and drinking down violence to send a message by a fool. To try and discover the meaning of this passage is not to try and find out what drinking means in Hebrew. Perhaps you've heard the proverb of missing the forest because of the trees. So if you, if you miss the forest here because you're so focused on the trees, you've missed wisdom. So they're often parabolic. They often express a message that is kind of the, the sum of its parts, not something that's uh, in specific details. Secondly, proverbs are immensely practical, not theoretically theological. Proverbs are not about theories. Proverbs are not meant to get you to speculate on great themes and doctrines of life. They are meant to be practical. Go back to verse 6. It's like cutting off one's foot and drinking down violence to send a message by a fool. If you try to look in this passage for what the Christian message is about the doctrine of the body, the physical body, You've missed it. Right? This, this proverb is nothing about the integrity of the body and what we should do with our bodies and whether or not our bodies are holy to God. It's not about the theoretical. It's about the practical. What's the practical? If you're going to send a message by a fool, you might as well cut off your own foot. Right? It's not a good idea to send a message through a foolish messenger. Right? It's, it's something practical, not something necessarily theoretical or theological. That's not to say that there aren't doctrine, uh, doctrines in Proverbs. That's not to say we can't find, discover doctrines in Proverbs, but often the focus is uh, about the practical. Thirdly, we've already kind of touched on this, Proverbs are worded to be memorable. Right? The idea is to... Uh, to hold them uh, quickly in your mind. Again, some of what we lose because of the translation. But they're memorable. Proverbs 25, 28, right? Just above where we've been. Like a city breached without walls is one who lacks self-control. Self-control is something you struggle with? Think about an army attacking a city and those walls have come down. That's what it's like to not have self-control. Right? And so the idea is to be, for them to be memorable so that we can remember the wisdom. Proverbs are not designed, and the, the book of Proverbs, are not designed to support selfish behavior. Right? There, there are a lot of uh, Proverbs in here that talk about wealth, talk about getting wealth, but it's not meant to be used about, you know, okay, what's the best way for me to get rich? Or what's the best way for me to... Right? It's not about necessarily this how to live your best life now, right? but it is how to live your best life. Right? And so it's important for us to see the goal of Proverbs are not for us to be selfish about our things, but it is to be more able to make godly choices. 
Some Proverbs strongly reflect uh, ancient culture. This is number five, so it's important to, to think about that. Number six, Proverbs are not guarantees from God, but poetic guidelines for good behavior. And we've, we've kind of already talked about that with Proverbs 22.6, but we need to be mindful of that, especially when we see certain passages uh, that talk about, um, you know, like, if you do this, this will take place. Again, they're guidelines. You shouldn't think that just because I do this, God's going to, uh, it, it binds God uh, to that behavior. Right? For example, 25, 21, and 22. <clears throat> If your enemies are hungry, give them bread to eat. And if they are thirsty, give them water to drink, for you will heap coals of fire on their head. Sounds familiar, right? Paul quotes this in, in Romans chapter 12. And the Lord will reward you. Well, if we think, like, oh, well, I, I kind of, uh, I've, I've kind of got God in a trap, right? So I, if I do this to my enemies, then I'm going to get rewarded. Right? We've got to be careful in, in thinking about Proverbs that way. Seven. Proverbs may use highly specific language, exaggeration, or any of a variety of literary techniques to make their point. Right? We have to recognize their types of literature, so we have to understand there might be an exaggeration there. Right? Something like it's better to live on the roof of your house than to live with a contentious wife. Right? Well, is it really better to live on the roof? No, it's an exaggeration. Right? You know, if you have... An, all you husbands chuckling right now could probably be flipped and be the same way. It's better to live on the roof of a house than to live with a contentious husband. Right? Um, but the idea, of course, is right, you know, it's really, really tough on a home if one of the spouses uh, is, is contentious. Proverbs, this eight, Proverbs give good advice for wise approaches to certain aspects of life, but are not exhaustive in their coverage, right? Proverbs, the book of Proverbs doesn't cover everything, right? but it, it's meant to help us gain wisdom. Number nine, wrongly used, Proverbs might justify a crass, materialistic lifestyle. Rightly used, Proverbs will provide practical advice for daily living, right? When it talks about Right, what what laziness is, what happens to somebody who's lazy. Right? It's I mean, the idea here is to provide us a a good way of life and understand practical aspects of daily living. Questions or comments so far? The opposite of the wise person in Proverbs is the fool. Right? The fool in Proverbs is not somebody with intellectual challenges. Right? Somebody that is intellectually disadvantaged. It's not someone who is ignorant of certain truths or knowledge. The fool in Proverbs is somebody that lacks moral sense. And so that's what it means to be a fool in Proverbs, is you don't, you don't make the right types of choices. You don't know what's right and wrong. The fool doesn't care what God has to say. So the ba basic idea is, you don't want to be a fool, do you? All right, that's the message. And so don't be like that. 
Right? Do you see a person? This is uh, 2612. Uh, do you see persons wise in their own eyes? There's more hope for fools than for them. What's the meaning? Don't be wise in your own eyes. Why? Because you don't want to be a fool. And so we need to be mindful of the ways in which uh, wisdom and folly are presented here in the book of Proverbs, these opposites. And both of them are focused on the idea of um, what is the, uh, the, the right way, the godly way to live. So Lord willing, over the next several weeks, uh, we'll be looking at various Proverbs. Uh, we'll be, uh, again, using them as jumping off points. Certainly we will not cover everything, but we will cover a variety of topics. Next week, uh, Lord willing, our uh, verse is on the, uh, the fear of the Lord. Right? Uh, chapter 1, verse 7, chapter 9, verse 10, talk about the fear of the Lord. Right? It's the beginning of wisdom, it's the beginning of knowledge. Uh, there are a variety of others that we'll look at over the, the coming weeks. But in the, uh, the, the few minutes that we have left, what are some of your favorite Proverbs? What are some Proverbs that have meant something to you or, you, you know, or, or ones that you have memorized that come quickly to you when the situation presents itself? Twenty-two, verse one. Yeah, go ahead and read it. A good name is to be chosen uh, more than great uh, is better to be chosen than great riches. I can't remember if that's one on the list or not. Um, I think at one point I'd put it on the list. It is because Mike is doing that one. <laughs> so we won't talk about that one. We'll let Mike talk about that in a, in a couple of weeks. Other favorite proverbs. A soft answer turns away wrath. Right? Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. A man thinks in his heart, so is he. What else? I'll tell you one that, that I think uh, a lot about, predominantly because it was one that my grandmother talked a lot about. Proverbs chapter 30. Verses 8 and 9. Well, actually, 7, 8 and 9. Two things I ask of you. Do not deny them to me before I die. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that I need. Or, or I shall be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or I shall be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. So that one just kind of sticks with me because I remember my grandmother talking about that a lot, right? Give me neither poverty nor riches. What else? That great one, cleanliness, is next to godliness. It's got to be somebody's favorite proverb, right? One is not necessarily a favorite, but a number of the proverbs are humorous as well. In fact, there's one I, I was hoping you might get to it tonight. 2617. 2617. Whenever I think of that, read that one. Uh, that, it's true, right? You know, stay out of other people's business or you'll end up in trouble. Um, 
but I always think of, was it Nixon? Or was it Johnson that held up the dog by his ears on television? Johnson. I wasn't alive then, just so everybody knows. I remember that from my history class. But I always think about that, grabbing the dog by the ears. Lyndon Johnson doing that on TV. Other Proverbs. Go ahead, Randy. Death and life and their power. There's a lot in Proverbs. I mean, if you just go through Proverbs and, and look at all the times there's a proverb about our tongue or our mouths, right? really kind of justifies a lot of what James says in chapter 3. Go ahead, Randy. Yeah, that, that idea of friends. Of course, uh, our theme for VBS this year is uh, Proverbs 17, 17a, right? um, which I've just blanked on. A friend loves at all times. <laughs> I blanked on it. I'm like, you know, it's, it's our theme for BDS. Right? So, uh, yeah, a friend loves at all <clears throat> Excuse me, a friend loves at all times. So that idea of friendliness, right? Again, intensely practical types of things, right? Yes, there's, there's great wisdom there. There's, uh, there's great depth there. Um, there, you know, you can spend your life, you know, with, with reading Proverbs and still find new things to understand, but it's very intensely practical types of things. Not that the rest of Scripture isn't, um, but, it, you know, the way it's written is focused on that practicality, that immediate practicality. <clears throat> Another one that I uh, find interesting as well um, Back in 26, I don't know why all these are coming from 26. They just happen to be coming from 26. Um, which comes, it's, it's after verse 17, the one that David just mentioned. Uh, verse 18 and 19. Like a maniac who shoots deadly firebrands and arrows, so is one who deceives a neighbor and says, I'm only joking. Have you ever just said, I'm just joking? Whenever I say that or someone says that, I think of this passage. Right? Firebrand shooting deadly arrows. Of course, my father's response would be, maybe he's watching tonight, my father's response would be, uh, you wouldn't have meant it if, or you wouldn't, you wouldn't have said it if you didn't mean it. If you didn't mean it right? It's kind of a similar type of concept, right? We have to be careful of what we say. Even if we are just joking, right? it can have a, a profound effect on somebody. Any last ones? Yes, ma'am. Seventeen twenty-two. Merry heart doeth good like a medicine, right? Yeah, that section in Reader's Digest. Laughter is the best medicine. Right? Yeah, and we can see how, you know, something that makes us laugh can, can cheer us up. So Lord willing, over the next several weeks, hopefully uh, you'll be here as often as you can as, as various uh, men will be sharing with us some thoughts uh, from these different passages. But I would encourage you to also take the time to just read Proverbs. Right? It, it's not a, even though it's 31 chapters, it's, it's not a long book. Uh, even if you only take a few minutes uh, a day, you can be through Proverbs uh, very, very quickly. Um, you know, and, but it's, 
But it's also a kind of book that, that you can also take a lot of time on and really savor something, right? And just focus, for example, if you just go through and look at all the passages that talk about the tongue, uh, or, or uh, having a good name, or, or being a friend, or having friends, right? You're going to find a lot of good things out of that, uh, a lot of practical things uh, out of that. And so, Lord willing, I hope that over the, the course of this summer, uh, the, that uh, it will help you, maybe provide you some pr- practical uh, insight, uh, application, uh, maybe we'll um, touch on something that, that maybe has been something you've been dealing with or thinking about, uh, but hopefully uh, we'll find some very practical things uh, over the course of this summer uh, as, as long as the Lord uh, allows. Let's close with a prayer. Father in heaven,